This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to the No One and Ever podcast this week we're talking about a very fantastic 1-0 win over Stoke City at Turf Moor. Slightly different podcast this week. We're recording at about 20 past 11 at night after the match. Um, it's myself, um, Natalie and James. And we're just going to have a bit of a more of an informal chat this week um, about the match, which was a fantastic win, Natalie. Um, we're, we're back to winning ways, which I think is really important, isn't it? Oh, God, it's massively important, isn't it? It's it's one of those today where, for the first time, I think, this season, we've we've really felt the pressure. And, and I think coming into this game, suddenly media were talking about us in a different light, other fans were talking about us in a different light. And all season, people have been hugely positive about us and they've talked about how we're probably going to survive in this fantastic um, home record that we've got. But tonight, it felt like going into the game that the there's just a shift in attitude I think and people were sort of saying oh you know they've not won in seven seven or eight games you've had all these away games they're awful on the road they're getting sucked back into it and it, it just felt like there was a bit of a grey cloud over everybody so it was massively important to get the win tonight but a massive massive result yeah. massive <laughs> massive yeah I, I was really worried um, I think if we hadn't won this match um, you, you know you, the next home match after this would be United uh, which you'd expect to get uh, nothing from. And if that's the case, then you go into the West Brom game after you know five or six games at the turf without a win. And I think our success this season has all been down to the turf more being kind of that, that fortress. And we've almost felt we've felt invincible at the turf, um, both the players on the pitch and, and the fans in the, in the stand, I think. So I think getting this, this win was, was huge for us. Um, I, I said before the match, if we win the match, I think we were safe. If we got beat, I thought we were, we were going down. Um, and we won it, which is great. Um, yeah. What, what do you think, James? Do you think that is extreme? Do you think that was that's a fair assessment? Or do you think I'm just being... Um, I, I was going a bit far with that. I know some people think that it was a, a bit far to say it was must win at this stage, but I felt the same. I thought it was must win. I'd go as far as saying if we'd lost, we were definitely probably going to get relegated. But I did feel that if we won, um, I think this really make, does make us safe now. To be sure, you probably need one more win. But I mean, when you look at the fixtures coming up at home, I can easily see us getting one more before the end of the season. Um, but I do think it lifts the pressure as well and maybe can uh, help us get that away win now. Yeah, I think I think if we hadn't won, then that 
kind of you, you would have started to get those nerves um, yeah. in turf more, which would have been really big. Um, I should have mentioned earlier, James is in a car at the moment, which might explain his um his, his weird background his noise. His weird background noise, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, it is. That that's how this is how informal and live this this week's midweek <laughs> little podcast update is listeners. We're actually all just travelling back or just landed back from the game. All three of us were there and we've uh, we've all and in fact Kevin and I were together at the game tonight, which was we quite were. nice. Poor poor Kevin had to sit next to me for ninety minutes and it was nice for you. Yeah. It, it was, was it wasn't wasn't so nice for you. Like me like, clinging on to if you if you look at, at Kev's knuckles he's got my scratch marks on him where i've been like digging my nails in through nails no right, it was good like you've got a, you've got, you've got a really nice bunch around you actually it was really nice yeah, uh, kind of really nice kind of group of group chat which was really good um yeah. there's been a lot of talking online this week about the team and this and this and the the system Sean Dash might use and whether we should change it, whether we should change team, whether we should change the, the personnel, whether we need some more creativity. Um, and he went part of the way. I was calling for 4-5-1. We didn't quite get that. But what we did get was Vokes returning to the team, which I was very happy about. We got Defoe returning to the team, which I was very, very happy about. Um, slightly disappointed that Defoe played out wide, but overall I was I was, I was relatively happy. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I was very happy to see uh, Dash making some changes, which I think were much needed. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. I think we were all, I think everybody was just a little bit on the edge. And I think if if Dyke should have come out and named the same team again and said, you know, it's exactly the same starting lineup as it was on Saturday, I think there would have been a lot of unrest among the fans because it, it just didn't work. And, and one of the things you want to see from your manager is an ability to change and react to a game. And um, he obviously realised himself what didn't quite work on, on Saturday and made those changes. Like you say, it was, it's really hard because you want to, you want to applaud him for making that, uh, those changes. Changes, don't you? you want to applaud him for, for being brave um but then similarly um you also want to um you also want to look at it and say oh why you know why are we playing a really good left back on the bench put him on the bench sorry and why are we putting a really good like central midfielder on the like you said just play people in our in the natural position so it was a nearly team for me but it, it worked we played what you played all right interestingly and i'd be interested to see what you maybe james what do you think about this um we i've seen quite a lot of match reports after the game all talking about a really ugly win and that's really not something that i would have described that performance it didn't strike me as being particularly scrappy and ugly birdie what did you think I'm gonna go against you there. Actually, I, I thought it was quite a, oh, really? quite a scrappy game. Yeah, it was quite a scrappy game in general. I thought you know it was a really rugged performance. Um, you know, I think both teams were were giving as good as they got. Uh, I think we we're lucky as well to not see a couple of red cards on the day. Obviously, yeah, that's true. I thought they could have had Charlie Adam go and could have had the centre half go there at the end uh, with the tussle with Barnes. Um, but just with the team bit, and you were saying about how it made the crowd feel, I thought the crowd were really on edge all game today. Um, and yeah, if we hadn't made any changes, that could have maybe just made it a little bit worse. Over. Um, yeah, I particularly thought as well, one player I was surprised to see getting quite a bit of criticism was uh, Andre Gray, at least around where I was on the top of the James Hargreaves. Uh, you know, there was a lot of mumbling and complaining about I think his work rate and, and some of the stuff he was doing yeah. with the ball. But for me, I thought actually... Um, you know, obviously George Boyd got the sponsors man of the match probably because you know he scored the winner. But I thought Andre Gray was you know in the running for the for the award today because I thought he was really good. Yeah, you know, I thought everything he did was great. I thought as far as his first touch is concerned, which is normally the thing people pick up on, I thought today his first touch was as good as you've ever seen it. And I thought he had a really strong game. And you know he was unlucky to 
not scoring, I think, on another day, some of those yeah. chances maybe fall for him and he's ended the game with a couple. Yeah, we had quite a bit of that around us, didn't we, Kevin? There was a lot of people who were very quick to get on Andre's back. I think we've talked about this before about Burnley fans' inability to to get on board with Gray. But I, I I agree with you with James. I thought I thought Andre was playing really well. I think he was probably sacrificed for a change in information and tactics rather than than form. But yeah, it's, it was a funny one. Really. I just maybe maybe it's slightly different. I mean, maybe it's where we were all sat as well. I, I mean, Kevin, I don't remember the crowd being particularly edgy around us did you feel that did you pick up on that no actually I I went into the game thinking I would be very nervy I think when we played Middlesbrough um towards the end of last season um that was another night game that match was was awful in fact that was the match actually we we, I, I was measuring my heart rate throughout the match and it was going crazy um and I expected something similar this time around but actually I I I felt quite calm for for much of the match for the last uh, 15, 20 minutes or so, particularly in injury time, was um, was quite difficult to, to quite a difficult experience. But other than that, I felt I personally felt quite calm. Um, I think that probably was helped by I think we started very well. Um, I, I can understand what both of you are saying about it being an ugly win and maybe not an ugly win. I think there were certainly large spells of a game where it was very scrappy. But I think what was really good for us is we start, I think the first half an hour or so, we played very well. I think we were putting quite a few um, passes together. We weren't creating many big chances, but we were keeping hold of the ball. We were completing our passes. Um, and we were, doing the, we were doing the clean stuff right, which is something we weren't doing um, at the weekend, which I thought was very good for us. I think it was really important for us to be able to keep the ball at some places, complete those passes, and I think you could you could see that that confidence growing after a, a few weeks of uh, lots of defeats, and it's a long time since we've won a match. Um, and I think just in that half, that first half hour of a the match, there was nothing spectacular, but you could slowly see that confidence returning um, throughout the team. So I thought that was that was really important to us. Um, I think we 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 ended the first half, well, not us, the, the game as a whole um, ended. The, the first half ended quite shakily, um, and. Probably started that way again in the second half, but obviously, um, and we went and got got that fantastic goal, and it was it was um, Hendrik who was had that magnificent run uh, set it up, and Natalie, we'd been we'd been talking before that that we thought Hendrik had had quite a quite mm, a poor game. Yeah, yeah, he had. Um, I think. Well, I think I don't know whether or not it was it was poor in, in sort of an off game from, from Barton and Hendrick. I thought Barton was hugely improved today. Um, he, but he was, he did manage to, to miss a few passes again. But I think just generally speaking of uh, Hendrick and um, Barton in the middle, I felt that they were just, uh, they just struggled against a stronger central midfielder, Stoke, that's all. And you, you're going to get that. You're going to get teams that just have better players in, in that middle of the park. So I think that they had, they really, really had to to fight for everything. And I just think Joey maybe just got the better of, of the, the midfield than Hendrick did. Um, I thought, I just thought he just drifted in and out of the game a little bit. I think there were some times where he was in it and he was picking up loose balls and he was defending well and tracking back well. But then there were other spells where suddenly I'd, I'd forgotten he was on the pitch for a while. So, uh, but it was, it was a really difficult midfield battle. And I think that's the one thing that Stoke got the better was in the centre of the midfield. They were far better than we were. We were just more effective in defence and we had a little bit more about us going forward than they did. Um, but yeah, so, so Kevin and I were talking just before that, just saying that, you know, Hendrick was struggling. I 
nothing to stamp his mark on the game. And then all of a sudden he just proved that Kevin and I know nothing about football and went on this crazy run and uh, set the goal up. I think the really key thing about the goal, though, as well, is uh, when you look at it, I thought Robbie Brady came on and I thought he had a really poor game. And the call, actually, is one of the, the things that highlights it. It's a really bad pass to Hendrick. Yeah, and Hendrick really has to, <laughs> Yeah, Hendrick really has to get on his horse to, to get there in time. Uh, and what he does with it as a result from a, a situation that sometimes we've seen, I think early in the game we saw both Hendrick and Barton being guilty of this, where they felt rushed to get to a ball that was short. Um, they then uh, panicked and sort of the first touch wasn't very good. On this occasion, Hendrick's first touch was sublime and obviously the way he went past the, the, the Stoke defenders was fantastic and I think he made it really easy for Boyd. All Boyd had to do was get in the right place um, but it was a really well-worked work goal and it seemed like it really came from nowhere because I don't think we really created any clear-cut chances in the game. Um, you know, I can think of a few where the ball bounced through to Gray and you know, he was unlucky because I think quite a lot of the time the Stoke defenders had a hell of a lot of grey shirt in their hand um, and there wasn't really many opportunities that you can look back on and say oh you know that's something we should have done better with because I don't really think the service was there today yeah and um, it, it, I thought it was quite funny because um, obviously it's, it's probably no secret to, to podcast listeners that I'm not George Boyd's biggest fan Um the only person who dislikes Boyd more than me is my brother. Um, so before the match, <laughs> I bought a little uh, postcard with George Boyd's George Boyd's face on um, to give to to give to my brother after the match, and he went and scored. So I was there celebrating with my picture of George Boyd in the air, and I know. Um, he's now my hero. George Boyd is now my new hero. Um, <laughs> he is. <laughs> we took a good picture of him waving his, his George Boyd post, uh, postcard. You should put that in the show notes with this pod, Kevin, so people can see it. Yeah, and you know, there's always going to be the parts of George Boyd that will always be there. I think he slows down the game quite often. I'm not sure he's decisive enough sometimes going forward. But to his credit, what George Boyd does well, I thought he did very well tonight, Nell. I think he's probably his, his best performance he's had for quite a long time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually don't mind George Boyd, and I'm I'm one of the, and I feel like I'm in the minority at the moment in that I. I appreciate and I quite like what he does for the team I think I've said on on previous podcasts haven't I that he gets criticised because people still perceive him to be a forward and a striker and that he doesn't run forward enough and and get crosses into the box but it seems just so clear to me that that that's not the role that the Dyche wants him to play so I've been very defensive of, of what he brings to the team in a lot of weeks um and tonight I just thought I just thought he did what he did very well but he he did actually actually quite weirdly considering what I've just justified in terms of, of defending Boyd he actually did get out forward quite a lot today he was very positive um, I really like the link up play between him and Matt Lawton I think they work quite well together um, it's not as as it's not as forward thinking and it's not as attacking as we get on the left wing and it seems to me that a lot of our um, chances come from the left not from the right just because you've got two quite defensive minded players on the right wing so we, we tend to attack more down the left um, but yeah I, I agree I thought I thought Boyd played really well it was really nice to see him score that goal actually I, I liked it Okay, yeah, I think we've I think we've lost um, James now. I think he's um, his reception's gone on the drive yeah, home. Yeah, so <laughs> have a have a good rest of the drive home, James, and we'll yeah, uh, we'll continue without you. James, yeah, we'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> 
this um, is what happens when you get an informal chat. People just dip <laughs> in and out whenever they feel like it. This is uncharted territory for none and ever. It's just well chilled. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's, he's come to chat for the, for the goal and talk about the goal. And now, and as soon as we're going to talk about the defensive side, he's gone. <laughs> he's um, disappeared. <laughs> Thanks, James. Um, <laughs> yeah, so in, in typical Burnley fashion, since we, we took the lead, um, we... It, 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 as Sean Dice likes to do, we, we decided we we kind of sat back and uh, invited quite a lot of pressure. Um, sat pretty much the entire team. In fact, for most of the time after the goal had been scored, we had the, the entire team with our own, with, within our own half. Yeah, um, we do. That's a bit which uh, Natty was um, Natalie sat next to me was very very scared about. She was. <laughs> Who, yeah, the listeners who sit around me are not surprised by this because, and actually, some of my Twitter followers today were sending me um, tweets asking me how my heart rate was going, especially when he put six minutes up at the end of the game as well. Where did that? They were like six minutes. I have no idea where that came from. No, that was neither. bizarre. Yeah, it was a really hard one. It, it was one of those where you just. I, I agree with you, Kev. I think I can understand. Oh, do I understand it? I don't know how I feel actually about this very deep defending um, that Deitch wants to do when he's either trying to protect a nil-nil against a really tricky side or he's trying to defend a, a win against some of the sides around us. Um, it, it's When it works, like tonight, it's great. You can sort of look back on it with hindsight and think, well, yeah, that was a really great um, piece of tactical awareness. We got the goal and then we didn't take any risks and we just managed to, to get the points over the line. But so often it can go wrong and it just worries me. When you're living through it at the game, it's absolutely terrifying it really is you just sit there and just think and when you're inviting that amount of pressure um you just feel like they're just going to get a scrappy goal especially for the last 15 minutes and you just think you can't you can't do this and then of course he he took made that final substitution where he um he brought Tarkovsky on and took Vox off um just so he was just leaving Barnes up front and you just look at that then you just think well if they score now really early on we, it's just the, the minimum we can hope for is a point because I can't see scoring any goals and obviously that does then give them the momentum to maybe try and get a winner so it's it's really worrying saying that I did think there were spells in that 15 minutes where we were very good um, at seeing out the game I thought Barnes was absolutely sublime when he came on I was really worried about that substitution we both said him didn't we um, he he was the menace and he was the good menace that we've talked about he broke up their play he broke up their momentum he went down and got his free kicks he that that play for the last sort of five minutes when he was just constantly in that um, corner by the by the dugout uh, not the dugout, sorry, by the tunnel. Um, and he was just, he just kept in the corner, didn't he, for ages. It was really, really professional performance at the end. They knew what they needed to do. Yeah, we, like I say, we we both we both questioned that that substitution at the time. We weren't really sure what the logic behind it was, um, and we watched. We weren't, we weren't really sure it was going to work or not, and it, it did. Like you said, it, it was absolutely fantastic. And I think you got, you got to give credit to Dice here because in the last podcast, we quite rightly slated him for his decision to take off Andre Gray. I think it, that was we, we we all agreed it was probably one of the worst decisions he's uh, Andre, um, Sean Dice has made in his managerial career. On the flip side, I think that Barnes substitution was absolutely it was it, yeah, it, it was, was perfect, perfect wasn't it yeah it really yeah. was it, it worked really really well yeah it just oh, there's just there's such a there's such a relief isn't there around the ground i'm gonna i'm gonna interject here. i know this isn't going to be a formal in in um formal impact i'm not really sure what that means it's not really a formal podcast but i've decided that i'm going to put a little bit of formality in i'm going to just kind of pick a very quick tweet of the midweek um for us just because just 
all of that got summarised quite quickly. I think Liam Payne, who's no, sorry, not Liam Payne. He may very well be in One Direction. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Liam Payne, with his new baby and his relationship with Cheryl Cole, really cares about Burnley or our very important home win against Stoke tonight. So Liam Liam Payne did not tweet us, listeners. We have not suddenly hit the big time. Do not fret. <laughs> It's an informal podcast, but it's the same old podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's reassuring to know that we've still got the same on-brand dynamics going on here. It's, no, it's Liam Crane who just, I picked up on this tweet because he just said, I've never seen the word massive said so much on my timeline as just now. And I think that's I think that's just where I've got to with, with this and everything we talk about with the game and the substitutions and just everything felt massive. Everybody just keeps saying that word and it just that's just what it feels. The team selection, the way they set off, the substitutions, the goal, the result, everything was just massive. And I think that just I can't think of any better way to sum it up or any more eloquent way to set it up, to be honest. No, it's fantastic. And I think it, it's, it's telling just the grins around the, the ground afterwards the way the players celebrated actually yeah, with the final definitely. whistle all the players just essentially jumped on each other it was it was one of those celebrations you, you, you know it was a huge relief uh, yeah. for them I think and they knew didn't they that, they knew how big it was yeah. Yeah. Quite, in, quite interesting actually I was listening to some um, national phone-in style sport stations on the way um, home and a, a lot of people are now saying like oh this was the win that's secured but I mean I'm not entirely sure that it's completely over bearing in mind that we have been relegated one season with 35 points so I think we need more but it certainly feels that to lose now with seven games to go an eight point lead the amount of teams below us that now need to win to match all of our results and then better at least four of them in seven games left, the games are running out. It, it feels like it's done as this. It feels like I can't see how we're going to slip up from here. Uh, no, so what, one opportunity that one team below us does have to do uh, to better us um, in terms of results is coming up this weekend. Um, yes. I know we, we talked briefly about Borough um, on the last podcast, but I know, I know it's, it's not a, a formal podcast again here, but we might as well quickly talk about it. Um in, in the light of this match, what do you think? Do you think we can go in there? I, I've said that in our, I've said that for this match, we, we need to be looking for a draw. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world if we get beat, but given that we've we have picked up points recently against um, relegation rivals, we've we've got a point at Hull, uh, we've got a point at Sunderland. I think I think you know we need to be going into this match thinking we can we can get a point. Um, do you think we can get more? I think we should be going into this point to this game thinking we can win, not get a point. I'm slightly more optimistic about this result. If we'd have only got a point tonight or worst lost, I think the whole setup and the whole planning for Saturday's game is completely different. I think given where we are now, and I think given the relief around the stadium to break the losing streak we've been on, but also get to that 35-point mark, I think that the, I think that the, the players can and Dyche can genuinely go into Saturday's game with a huge weight taken off their shoulders, and I really want to see him positive. I think they can go there now, not being afraid to lose, and I think that's what 
Darch has been guilty of a lot this season. He's been very negative away from home. He's been very nervous away from home. He doesn't need to be anymore. We've pretty much got the job done. And even if we lose again on Saturday, we've got some options at home. Even some of our home games like United at home. United are in an, in an awful run at the moment. They're not scoring goals. Their confidence is low. And by the time they come to turf more, they they, they might not have anything really to play for properly. Um, so we've got winnable games at home. So I, th- I think the pressure's off on Saturday. I think you just go... And they desperately need to beat us at home. So they're going to be so nervous. The pressure is all on them. Go and put them under more pressure. Chase them down. Just throw balls into their box and just make them defend for their lives. I saw them play against Swansea on Sunday and they they looked too scared to come out their own half. And if we can pin them back into their own half and do what Swansea did, we could win. We could easily win. If Deitch goes on Saturday for a nil-nil draw, I'll be really disappointed now we've won tonight because I think we just don't need to anymore. Does he Does he name the same team, do you think? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think he plays the same formation, plays the same team. Um, and I think that option of, of bringing Brady in for Defoe when Defoe gets a bit tired is fine. Um they don't create much, don't Middlesbrough. Watch this now. They're going to end up scoring like four, aren't they, against us on Saturday. But they don't create much. They don't score very much. So if we can just throw some creativity. If we let Andre Gray run at their, their defence, we could easily score two or three goals. Hope, let's, let's hope that happens. Um, yeah. I would like to, to completely caveat that by saying that this does not remove the fact that I did bring back reverse psychology and I stand by that. I have sacrificed any chance of any glory in the predictions league because I've gone for um, a really bad feeling about this and that does not change. So I don't want to you know, ruin now what we needed to get us over the line by the end of the season. Well, I was about to say, you know, we've already made our predictions for Borough, but I, I couldn't end this podcast without talking about the return the return of a reverse psychology. You yeah. seemed, you didn't seem <laughs> entirely. You need to, we needed to, we, we had to talk you into it, didn't we? Like uh, the weekends, but it, it worked. It's because you had to talk me into it because my p- competitive edge came out. I was so dis completely disturbed by the predictions league and fan sorry fans listeners are already tweeting me and going absolutely goading me about potential forfeits at the end of the season and it might even be that i'm confirmed bottom of the league and relegated at by the time the live pod goes on so i think i was just more concerned about trying to save some phase in the predictions league but you know what i sacrificed that because it's for the good of the team reverse psychology works i don't know why i'm so glad jamie smith is not on this call but i don't know why but it works and oh look we won again tonight so i maintain it for middlesbrough and i'm going to carry it on to the end of the season and i will take full credit when burnley stay up (laughs) Uh, and talking of taking full credit, um, only one person scored again this week. Oh, no. Uh, why am I the only one on this call? James? No, no <laughs> why, prizes for guessing reception? who it is. Yes. Um, um, Natalie's reverse psychology, obviously, she went for a 2 0 defeat. Um, Jamie and James, surprising. James, for the first time in, let's have a look at this. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's predicted ten wins in a row. The first time in eleven games he doesn't predict a win, and we won. So James predicted the two-all draw. Um, Jamie predicted a nil-nil draw. I predicted not just a win. I predicted a one-nil win. Yada yada yada. <laughs> Which means that now my my lead at the top of the table is even even bigger. Um, 
Natalie, the bottom on four points. Jamie on eight points. James on nine points. And then well ahead on 21 points is me, which is absolutely fantastic. Don't you think, Natalie? Oh, honestly, I'm, I'm so pleased for you, Kevin. How have I only got four points? How have I been so woefully bad at predicting any scores? I've not even predicted one score right. I've just You've... got some results right. It's, it's actually really strange, actually, because in the first five weeks, you got four scores. You got four results correct in the yeah. first five weeks and you've not got anything since. Sigh. Whereas you just... I think you've got some kind of magical power going on, Kevin. I'm, I'm quite concerned about your ability to predict scores. Well, you know, you, you say <laughs> that. I, I'm getting all these results and after I bought the George Boyd card this morning in his scores. Um, <laughs> Between your George Boyd card and my reverse psychology, we're going to be in Europe next season. <laughs> we're going to win all seven remaining games. And that's it, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and buy... Every match next season, I'm going to go and buy a random player's card and see <laughs> see if they score. That would be brilliant. We could have some kind of mural at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, thanks for thanks for joining us. I, was, I would say thanks for joining us, James, but he's not here anymore. But if you listen back, um, thanks for joining us. Um, Natalie, thanks for joining us, spending your evening. It's now approaching midnight here. Um, so... I've had a lot of Kevin this evening. I am going to now end this call. <laughs> I think it's. I think it shows how much we uh, how much we enjoyed the match and also how exhilarated we were by the um, by the result and how fantastic the result was. But we've decided to stay up until midnight talking about talking about the match. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, listeners. This has been a bit of an informal chat, so do tweet us and let us know what you thought about our little um, end. Well, post match informal gossip session i guess i'm not really sure what we call this what do we brand this as kev it's just it's just a it's just a thing just a thing yeah yeah our midweek thing yeah hope you liked yeah. it let us know yeah yeah please do get in touch you can tweet us no one never uh, sorry uh, no one never net you can go on the website and send us an email from there which is uh no never.net um thanks you know as always to all our kickstarter backers who we couldn't do any of this without you so thank you so much thanks to rick who does the artwork um Thanks to me, who's going to be editing this on the uh, on the bus <laughs> on my way to work in the morning, in about seven hours' time. So <laughs> can't wait for that. Um, and yeah, thanks, and we'll see you. We'll have a next the, the next podcast after the the um, Middlesbrough game. So I've been I've been Kevin Robinson, and this is the None Never podcast. Good night. I love how you knew this. I've been Jamie Smith, and that would have been too funny. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> Oh, I can't see the chat. So. Yeah, that's okay. Fine. So we can slug you off. Yeah, but if, if yeah, we need, yeah, if we need to prompt you on something, Birdie, we'll say it and then we can just edit yeah, a bit say, out. Say my name. 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 Oh, I love it. P.S. In the middle of all the excitement last night, I forgot to mention that tickets for our live podcast event are going really well. So make sure you get yours soon. It's on the sixth of May. After the West Brom game at Turf Moor. The, sh- the link's in the show notes. Get yours. Hope to see you there. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.